the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Are we there? Are we good? Okay. All right. So let's go to line number. Let's see here. Let's pick Jermaine up on line number two. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Hey, Jermaine, what's going on? Oh, hey, you know, um, I, I heard you ask what was so dangerous about the uh, media declaring Biden the president-elect. I think the, the inherent danger is the fact that it's becoming more clear the media is, is functioning way too much of of a role of influence in people's lives and a lot of people look at them as kind of like a, a false idol or god and what they say goes and i'll have friends when they they say something and i know it's going to be off point they'll always preface it with well i watch the news i, I know usually whatever's coming out their mouth after that is whatever they've been fed right and, um it just seems to me that starting with the, the election, which looks very suspicious with the more evidence that comes out, how you just, we, we can't trust our process anymore. And also these lockdowns seem to have a duplicitous role. And I say that safely because if you do an internet search on YouTube or whatever, that, that's still free, you can see people around the world are actually protesting these lockdowns in every yep. major country in the world. Yes, they are. And, yes, they are. And, and if you read the comments, you can see people have kind of caught on to the fact that there's something a whole lot more nefarious at play here and no one could exactly call out what the end game is, but they can see there's a problem. Um, you know, I, I saw, and I'm not trying to pick on him because he obviously still has some issues, but when I saw the uh, you know, supposed future president mention the Psalms and call them the Palms and the media said not one word about it, had that been President Trump, they would have had, you know, a full front page ad and a whole story running on how incompetent he is. And I think people mistake the fact that people like us, we're not talking about these issues as if we're pro-Trump. We're just pro-fairness and pro was right and exactly. anti-crazy, which is a lot of what we saw going on these past few months, just absolute insanity. That That's why people are so angry and upset. You know, at least I can speak for myself, just if it's a corrupt process, then you have to almost ask, well, what's the point? Right. So let me let me uh, take what you said so clearly and succinctly and kind of organize some things that I would love for people to get a handle on. And if they want to debate me on it, they can. one 367 We talked about this last week, Jermaine, about how is it that people in other countries looking in on our elections, which is a kind of global accountability assessment mechanism, a, a kind of way of actually determining whether or not we are losing the forest for the trees because we can be so hyper subjective ourselves being Americans. But when I opened my monologue, I said, how is it that people in the Philippines, South Africa, Vietnam, Central America, and other countries uh, can clearly see what we're, what we're dealing with in terms of the election process? And the answer is this, if people don't already know, they were all socialist countries uh, governed by banana republics 
uh, narcissistic uh, totalitarians that were Marxists in nature, and they jury-rigged their ele elections, and they went through the same kind of uh, chicanery that we're dealing with here, and they see it vividly and clearly. And as you were stating, when you begin to do research and see how people are, are rising up and opposing their governments for the same uh, unreasonable, irrational, illogical, unscientific uh, uh, arguments that they're using for uh, the coronavirus, uh, it's the same way. They see that what's happening with America is that American politics is being brought into captivity. Secondly, to have a media is as complicit and biased overly biased in the direction that it is, where it does not actually give you the fair assessment objectively of what's really going on, but they frame and shape the narrative in a way, and they do it repeatedly. That's why I raised the statement, President-elect Joe Biden. Anyone that has a handbook of the Constitution will know that there are three major steps before we declare the uh, person who is uh, winning the election or who has uh, appeared to win the election, the president-elect. It first requires that each state governor draw up a list of electors, and that list of electors is known as a certificate of ascertainment. The, each governor has to get an ascertainment of that. And there's a lot of them that's doing that now, but it's not all over with. Secondly, then the electors have to meet in their state capitals on December 14th, which is about 15, 16 days from now. And when they meet, they have to tally all their votes for the president, vice president. And then guess what? They got to give that information to uh, to the Senate, to the electors in each of the states have to complete a certificate of vote and then send them to the U.S. Senate. And then the U.S. Senate has to actually go through all that information. And then for them on January, somewhere around January 6th of 2021, they officially declare who the president is, and then he is uh, installed a few weeks hence. We haven't even begun to in engage in that first stage. But why is that? Because we're functioning as an anti-non-constitutional country already. And everyone that is actually engaging in calling Joe Biden the president-elect is operating out of an unconstitutional uh, process of behavior that fundamentally is an evidence that we're giving our country up to a socialist uh, government uh, model by which people buy into the narrative as having authority. So when you're saying that your um, your friends would say, well, I watch the news, what they're asserting is, is that the news themselves, the news outlet, the news media voices are authoritative, and they are not. They have no authority at all. They have no right to declare Joe Biden president-elect. It has no basis in constitutional uh, authority whatsoever, and the fact that people are doing it is uh, it's a tragedy and a shame, but it's because of where we're going. We know that what we're dealing with right now is what Hosea says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Because they have rejected knowledge, I will reject them. Because they have rejected me, God says, I will reject them from being a priest to the nations, and I will reject their children. And we are in that very takeaway that I've been teaching for so many years that national Israel went through, uh, Europe has gone through it, and America is dangerously, dangerously on the brink of a loss of uh, world authority and influence, dangerously on the brink. It's really sad, Jermaine, because 
I keep thinking about ignorance. And, 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 and as, as I stated, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's like professing Christians who don't know their Bible. It's the same thing with Americans who don't know their constitutional rights. People don't know what they're about to lose. And uh, it's a tragedy. I'll give you the last word before I go. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you put it very, very eloquently. Um, I would say people should kind of wake up. The, the people who call themselves Christians who are celebrating, just remember that strip clubs are okay to go to, bars are okay to go to, and the mm-hmm. liquor store, but you're not supposed to go to church. I mean, that, that should tell you everything you need to know. Absolutely. Thank you for the call. I've got to take a hard break. Let me see here. When I come back, Larry in Pittsburgh, you hold on. And then Dan from Sonoma, I think I do have one line open, maybe even two, one 888 If you guys can't see what's going on in your country, uh, you got to ask yourself, what kind of lens are you operating out of? You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And we are back. The time is 6.20 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number three and talk with Larry in Pittsburgh. Larry, are you there? Yes, uh, I have a couple comments. Uh, Sure, sure. One is that two or three months ago, I I Googled uh, the question of what effect is our, uh, you know, social distancing and use of masks and so forth having on the incidence of other contagious diseases besides Mm -hmm. COVID-19? The answer was no data available. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. (laughs) Isn't that phenomenal? It seems to me me that if it is beneficial for COVID-19, it should be beneficial for all other contagious diseases as well. I agree. I agree. And... uh, and the other comment is this globalism thing, which we know was part, part and parcel to uh, the previous administration that uh, they were working towards that, is opening the door, I believe, ultimately for the person of the Antichrist to take over. But Those are very good observations, Larry. I would. You, did you want to expand on it? Because I certainly could. I'll let you do the expanding. (laughs) All right. Thank you for the observation, brother. You can listen to me offline. Thank you for that. I'll start with Larry's basic logic uh, argument that if we can't get any evidence that wearing masks has demonstrated sufficient and substantial benefits in other uh, health-related areas, then how are we able to make the deduction that it's going to be helpful here? And of course, the answer is is that it's not. The minimal benefit of wearing the mask relative to the uh, almost impossibility of avoiding uh, the virus. It's a virus, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time telling you something you should already know. It's just as much as a, a virus as the influenza, as, as the flu, and other kinds of viruses that we have to deal with. And, and of course, the traditional and conventional way you deal with a virus is largely vaccines or are herd immunity. If you have an immune system that can actually deal with these viruses, and there are millions of them that we're dealing with in our bodies every day. Everybody that's a doctor or a nurse or a PA or what have you knows this. Uh, And so it is with COVID. There just is not the evidence out there of it being some kind of monstrous uh, death 
uh, uh, certificate for people who catch it. Even older people are not dying at the rates in which they are saying that they are. It's way too much evidence out there affirming that this has been taken and has been politicized significantly as a convergence of a multiple of factors in preparation for a major, major transition on a global scale. This is why I stated earlier, if you want to really begin to delineate on a uh, level of the premise for why you and I are going through this present global tribulation, it can be dichotomized under two terms, globalism versus nationalism. Globalism versus nationalism. Now, I know that doesn't matter to you until uh, Governor Newsom and others begin to impose legislation that's going to get you at your pocketbook even more significantly than it is now. But globalism is the interest of world powers implementing policies that are international in nature that will override any one country's right to sovereignty. And what that will mean is they will implement policies that they think are just and good and right and helpful to the whole world. There are two terms you need to keep in mind that will emerge quickly if Joe Biden gets in, and it's the term health. Health. Health will be the cold term, the ubiquitous cold term, a healthy world, and it will be fundamentally the religion that they push down our throats because if we don't comply with the health policies, it will be reprimanded by not only a, a loss of our wages, but constriction of our persons to households. It's going to be a universal health policy. And that health policy is going to be tied to the thing we've been fighting against for the last nine or 10 months with this wicked notion of systemic racism and uh, social justice and the postmodern narrative of, uh, of, of, of uh, intersectionality and, uh, and the methodology that's being piped into our schools and into our businesses called DIE, D-I-E. This is what I call the death culture. This is how Satan works. Diversity, inclusion, and equity is not something that's going to be uh, optional. They're going to implement it as the law of the land. And all it is is a new form of socialism where it levels the playing field. Now, I'm going to just share with you one more thing around what this looks like. Remember now, the term is going to be health policies, health policy. Everything is going to be about whether or not you are being healthy. What that will also mean is you will be forced to take the vaccine. That will be one of our upcoming conversations because you need to know what's in that vaccine for COVID-19. You need to know for your own good so that you can stand upon grounds of knowledge to determine whether or not you want to become an experiment. But it's going to be based upon a policy of health, which will be enforced by laws that will impact you economically and socially as well. You will not be able to move. You will not be able to work. You will not be able to function as freely as you are now or you seem to be if you don't comply with those rules. They are coming. This is part of Joe Biden's bigger and better world. And all of a sudden, people are going to go, uh-oh, 
I don't like what I'm hearing, but it's going to be too late by then. This is very clear evidence. This is knowledge that you can acquire right away. All you have to do is, is be, uh, be, be objective in your, your criticism and analysis, be Socratic, be also learn how to actually be a debater of propositions, go online and look up the pros and cons and study deeply and make a conclusion for yourself as to whether or not we're moving in that direction. Uh, as far as the man of sin or the son of perdition or one person as a global antichrist, that's not going to happen. It's not a man. It's a system. The antichrist is a system. And that system takes on the composite of the narcissist of Marxism that would take the place of God, that would deny God his glory, and that would become God itself. The the, the former theologians, our historical um, forefathers, our historical reformers and theologians of old have plainly seen that what we're dealing with is a policy that takes on the same image that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream in Daniel chapter 2 and 3, the composite of a, a 90-foot uh, uh, idol uh, in the form of a man for which all the nations under, uh, under Nebuchadnezzar's rule had to bow down and worship. Now, the only people that would not bow down and worship the image were the Hebrew sons, those whose identity are fully rooted in the one true and the living God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. And they were willing to deal with whatever consequences may come down the line, but they were not going to worship the beast and the system. And that's that the Bible's clear that we're moving in that direction. You may not like it, but that's the direction we're moving into. However, I will say this before I take a break. For the communities of the world that are asking the question, how do you deal with it? You deal with it while you have freedom. You deal with it while you have rights. You deal with it while you have a voice. That's the reason why the founding fathers drew up the Constitution the way they did. We were born as a nation up out of civil war. We were born as a nation up out of a battle of tyrannical, despotic uh, control over the people of the same ilk as... Um, as, as Marxism, we were born out of that matrix right up against the French Revolution and then the Bolshevik Revolution. And so our founding fathers know exactly what it takes to remain free people. But uh, as the word of God plainly says, please listen to me. Uh, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now, what's going to have to happen? You're going to see that you're going to have to rise up. You're going to have to talk. You're going to have to engage. You're going to have to refuse to let people take your freedom of speech away, your freedom of assembly away, your freedom of worship. And I tell you, if you don't worship God, I mean, if you don't radically commit your bodies to worshiping God because you fear something that you haven't fully understood, you, you, we're, we're, we're no different than the saints of old. You know what Daniel did when that draconian law to bow down and worship the God of Darius, Daniel 6, when the when the wicked man who despised Daniel uh, conceded a law and drew it up and mandated for 30 days, there is no God to worship but the God of Darius. And Darius thought that that was a flattering thing for the people to do. What did Daniel do? He publicly opened the windows of his house and he worshiped Jehovah looking towards the land of Israel where the symbolism of the temple representing the person of the Lord Jesus Christ was, and he worshiped the true and the living God publicly. He didn't fear. He didn't cower. He didn't bow. He didn't modify. He worshiped God. And then when they threw him in the lion's den, God showed up.
and demonstrated that he had power over the lions. And this is where the people of God are going to have to actually demonstrate as well the same kind of bold, radical, committed faith if we're going to see God move. This is why I respect John MacArthur and Grace Community Church so well, because they have basically uh, staved off the wickedness of Newsom. And now, if you look carefully at what's going on, lots of places are shutting down, but they made a judgment. You don't shut the churches down. The churches don't shut down. But that didn't happen because of passive Christians. That happened because of men like John MacArthur understanding his constitutional rights, and he has benefited all of us to that end. I've got to take a break. I'll be right back. And we are back. Um, two lines open, one 367 Two lines open, one 367 We've got about 20 minutes to go so we can keep the dialogue going. Let's go to line number one and talk with Dan from Sonoma. Dan, are you there? I think perhaps I see what's going on. Uh, we're coming to terms with people who form their opinions under the Vietnam War and then the fallout shelters and the Cold War scare and the legacy of Franklin Roosevelt. Right. They all tend to undermine the legitimacy of what's going on here. It all tends to, uh, you know, people either they don't care or they're so angry that the legitimacy of how our nation is constituted is, is uh, you know, tenuous. I agree with that. I think it's more, but I agree with that fundamental um, uh, assessment that they are apathetic and they are, uh, they are, they have been, you know, the vast majority, a good portion. Let me, let me, let me be, uh, let me be, um, let me be a little bit more specific with you, uh, Dan, in our audience. Uh, what's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen, is really the battle of narratives, the battle of words. We've been talking about that, as you know, Dan, too, in our series in the book of Revelation, as we have been actually using that to actually pierce through the lie of the Antichrist system that has been uh, so 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 prominent with uh, social justice and Marxism and all of that um, that phony baloney. Where, by the way, where is BLM at now? Where, where are all the, the protests at now? Where are they at? All of that stuff was contrived, and we've been knowing it from a from the beginning, it was completely politically motivated. And now that they are appearing, they are appearing to uh, make their next stages of development in terms of uh, power brokering. They don't need the hue and cry of black men are being killed every day by police. It's a scam. And it was sad that uh, so many black people got hoodwinked by it. But what we're dealing with is the power of narrative. And if we could, if, if the American people could actually see the facts, and, and you can, you can just look at the election. The election was definitely a uh, an indicator for us, and the indicator that we got from the election is that um, there were somewhere between 74 to 80 million people who said, no, we don't buy the lie. We don't buy the lie. We don't buy into um, the bigger and better America that Joe Biden wants to bring to the table. We don't buy into the lie of globalism. We believe in order for the world to be helped, America first is essential. This is the dichotomy I'm talking about that we have to uh, come to grips with. It, would we be better off with a, a global elite of businessmen and billionaires and bankers and uh, and G20 uh, uh, um, uh, representatives from George Bush 
to uh, George W. Bush, to uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton, to Joe Biden and 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 the likes of Bill Gates and uh, and George Soros and many of the other billionaires around the world and 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 uh, globalists sitting together and uh, hawking out policy which they already have and heaping it upon us, notwithstanding all of the massive poor people in America and around the world being promised uh, fundamentally welfare checks, welfare checks in the form of a cashless bank account number and also free housing and also free medical because that's what Joe Biden is about to offer. And what you're going to see with that kind of um, uh, sugar daddy, uh, Santa Claus, uh, if you will, uh, euphemistic uh, uh, promissory uh, agenda that's going to be piped out by the Democrats is exactly how many Americans are truly in their DNA committed to hard work, would be willing to make uh, make their own way, pay their own bills, establish their own lives. We don't need the government to give us anything. We need them to get out the way, minimize policy, and we can innovate, we can, uh, we can create, we can start businesses, we can actually do the things necessary for us to actually be what Americans are called to be, innovators, uh, if you will, sole proprietors, uh, entrepreneurs, businessmen, businesswomen. This is the way a country thrives. This is the way a nation thrives under an American first paradigm. And this is what they hated so much about Mr. Trump is because once he got into Washington, he started pulling plugs on all of these agendas that so many people in Washington were a part of, and they hate the idea that they won't be making the kind of money they were making uh, with the Chinese, Iranians, the Russians, and many other of the oligarchs around the world because Donald Trump actually decided to actually take care of America first. Uh, and this is what all of this huckamaboo is all about right now. But the people on the ground, Dan, they don't see this because the media has so obscured the facts relative <clears throat> to why things are happening the way they do. And the people that are on the ground that see it, like you and me and others, is because we have been propelled by the inconsistency and the fallacy of argument on the part of the people who want to actually impose these false narratives to do the research ourselves. And we see, we see the error, we see the falsehood, we see the inconsistency, we see the lies and now we just got to get prepared for uh, what providence will bring us in terms of what's the next stage, either a Donald Trump or a Joe Biden. What say ye? Um, may I ask you a question after I make this brief comment? Sure. Um, if they want to see what it's going to be like, if anyone has uh, daydreamed about living over in Europe, take a look at the economies over there, because that's what that's talking about. Yeah. My question is... Yeah. Um, as I carefully read Second Corinthians, when he makes reference in chapter 13 to test yourself to see if you're in the Lord, is he referring back to the chapter where he told him to uh, accept and forgive the man back into the church? Or what is he specifically giving as a test to uh, accept Paul, the apostle's authority? Right. So it's the cumulative indictment that have been worked through strategically and explicitly as Paul has admonished the church at Corinth for something like 15 or 20 really sinful behavior patterns that rise all the way up from uh, 
the idolatry of I am of Paul and I am of Paulus and I am of Cephas to the abandonment of the gospel, the embracing of another gospel by false Jews and false Gnostics to the embracing again of, uh, of what we call antinomianism, where we can sin that grace may abound, as we read in 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. Uh, to the, uh, the heretical position of syncretism, what we find in 1 Corinthians 6 and 2 Corinthians 6, of uh, them eating at the table of devils and then also coming to the house of the Lord to eat from the table of the Lord, to them being drunk uh, at the Lord's table, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, where they're drunk at the table, and while they are eating, other people are hungry, which is a disgrace as an example of the sufficiency of the grace of God in Christ given that Christ is the bread and the cup, we should be able to share that communion table together in edification to all. It was so many things that the Corinthians had abandoned their identity in Christ and had succumbed to the uh, culture at that time to where the Apostle Paul says, you need to examine yourself on all of these cumulative uh, indictments, including the indictment that Paul made in 1 Corinthians 4 when he says, you guys have many teachers, but there's only one real spiritual patir, only one real spiritual father. And that was the Apostle Paul who established that church. And essentially what he was saying, Dan, is if you abandon apostolic doctrine, Christ is not in you at all. And that's the reason why so many churches can look like, act like, sound like and function just like the world in all of its constant morphing against the Imago Dei that we see in our culture that was happening in uh, Corinth at the time uh, that Paul was saying, you guys are not forming into the image of Christ. Examine yourselves. And he was speaking in the plural form. That wasn't an individual. He was speaking in the plural to the whole church. And he was speaking primarily, uh, Dan, to the leadership, because all the letters were first to the leaders. You guys examine yourselves, whether or not you're godly pastors, whether or not you're biblical pastors, whether or not you're Christ preachers, because if you're not godly, if you're not biblical, and if you're not Christocentric, the Spirit of God is not in that. The Spirit of God only takes the gospel. He only takes the Word of God. He only takes men that are regenerate and born again uses them to inseminate the incorruptible seed of the gospel in the hearts of men and women by which that DNA, Christ in you, the hope of glory, begins to manifest the fruits of righteousness in those who are truly born again. Any other fruit would indicate that Christ was not in them of a truth. Thanks for the call. Thank Gotta you. take a hard Thank break. I'll come back with uh, Regina and Misty when we come back on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Let's see. Let's go to line number three and talk with Regina in uh, San Leandro. Regina, are you there? I'm here. How you doing, we're, Pastor? I, I'm good. How can we help you? Okay. I've been listening to the conversation. I tell you, always bring forth a word for our spirits and encouragement for the time that we're going through. Thank you. This COVID is very interesting to me. When it first started, I kept saying something ain't right. Mm -hmm. It just didn't feel right, didn't sound right. Mm -hmm. And as we go along further and further in it, there's more and more divisiveness yep. amongst the saints of God. There's more and more divisiveness set up for families. Yep. Because there are people who can isolate very well, and there are those who cannot. Right. And so those that cannot do well with isolation... Um, I was speaking to a couple of saints the other day on the phone. I said, get in your word. 
conduct your own private Bible study. Make your own confession of faith. Go through the mm-hmm. scripture and mm-hmm. write down a minimum of 15 scriptures that will give you comfort, that will give you insight and inspiration. Because God is still on the throne. He is going to perform his word no matter what this world is doing. One thing I had to come to grips with was how close of a friendship with the world had I been having. Right. Because he said a friendship with the world is an enmity to God. Yeah. So the more I start thinking about that, I said, so that would mean the opinions of the world, the um, deceptiveness of the world, all that would concern me if I had a friendship with the world. Yeah. But since I'm separated through the blood of Christ, I don't have to worry about what's going on in the world. I don't have to concern myself with it. Now, do I have to go to battle? Yes, it's a spiritual. We're in a spiritual warfare. Unlike yes, we are. Other time. This is under something that I have never seen in my lifetime. Like, what yep. is this? It yep. is it's so massive. backwards and so colluded. It's just, it's convoluted. And right. Now, now, now it's my, more, it's, mm-hmm. it's huge. It's huge, Regina, in this sense it that is. Um, it's, huge. it's huge in this sense that it's not just a normal sociological phenomenon. I'm letting you guys right. know this now. This is a global yeah. phenomenon of apocalyptic yeah. levels that mm-hmm. actually has started many, many years back and is, yeah. is layered on top of our spirits, layered on top of our psyche, layered on top of yeah. our sociology, layered on top of our human weaknesses. And what you stated earlier is ex- important to mark out. And this is what the enemy knows, that there are lots of us, and I'm talking us as humanity, but certainly also mm-hmm. us as people of God, that cannot, that do not do well in isolation. Suicide right. is off the chain. Right. Suicide mm-hmm. is off the chain. Alcoholism mm-hmm. is off the tra- chain. Right. Drug abuse is off the chain. Depression right. is off the chain. All of these are yeah. rooted in demonic activity. Confusion That's is right. off the chain. Lack of clarity is off the chain. Division is off the chain. Divisiveness. A lack of discernment is off the chain. Mm-hmm. A lack of pursuing God. So this is exactly what is meant in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. He shall seek to wear out the saints of the Most High God. Change times, change laws, change Come rudiments. On. And that's what we are dealing with now. And you're with. you're mm-hmm. right. And for those who can isolate, because I will talk to some saints from, uh, from time to time, and you might even agree with this, that the COVID has in some ways been a blessing to many of us because it yeah. has helped us back away from so much enjoyment of the world. And now we've got That's time right. to pray. Now we got time to read. Right. Now we got time to fellowship with God. Now we got That's time right. to think about other people as well. So there you, as you said it, God's on his throne and there are good and bad things going on with what's taking place now. But we need to be extremely careful that this isn't That's over right. with. Another wave is coming Please mark my words. This is how the enemy works. There's a second flood coming. And if we don't adjust right now and make sure we're rooted and grounded and anchored and committed and fixed and hiding in the strong tower of Jesus Christ, if we're not in that secret place of the most high God, if we're not abiding under the shadow of the almighty, when the weapons of war are waged against us, the arrows by day, the darts by night, all of that's coming right now. Many, many people are going to be wounded. And irreparably yeah. so. This this next stage is going to be the big one. And I hate to say it. I I, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Yeah, I, I got to be ready. I got to be ready. 
got to be ready. People have to be ready. We found comfort this morning. We're reading Psalm 37. Fret not yes. thyself because of evildoers. Mm-hmm. Neither be thou envious against the workers mm-hmm. of iniquity. Mm-hmm. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither mm-hmm. as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Yes. So thou shalt dwell in the land. And verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord. The Lord shall give it to you. The desires of thine heart. So we have to do some work too. I think people have gotten really, really complacent. Come on. The shelter in place. I say the shelter in place is Psalm 91. That's right. He said, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High God will rest under the shadow of the Almighty. That's that's an opportunity. Mm It's an opportunity for us Mm -hmm. to get that shelter in place, the one that's with Him. One-on-one, each household, mm-hmm. examining ourselves, mm-hmm. repenting. I had to do a lot of repentance. Oh, yeah. I have really oh, yeah. gone into a place of just dependency upon the church, dependency yeah. upon the position in the church. And well, the he, Lord took all of that out of the mix and said, okay, now what? <laughs> exactly. You know, you don't have all your creature comforts of going right. to this meeting and this Bible study. So now what are you going to be doing? There and so go. it's really a lot of iron sharpening iron. Not, and I just yes. hope that people can get within the right groups of people. Excellent word. Right excellent word. Excellent word. Yeah. Excellent. 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 Thank you, excellent. Pastor. Bless Thank you. you. Excellent. God bless you, man of God. God bless you. Bless you. Bless now you. I see why Jeremiah went into the cave, mm-hmm. though. <laughs> I know. Bless you. <laughs> bless see you. See you next Monday, Lord willing. Amen, brother. Talk to you soon.